0: You're listening to a Sunday morning message by Authentic Church. It would be helpful if you had a Bible to look at, um, because although I'm going to read the story, it sometimes goes a bit fast. Some years ago, the church that I was attending at the time introduced a new song. Now, churches introduce new songs all the time. But what was unusual about this was that the leader of the band on the day made a point of saying, before we start singing this song, I want you to look at the bridge and the bridge was spirit lead me where my trust is without borders let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me take me deeper than my feet could ever wander and my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my savior and the band leader went on to say don't sing that if you don't mean it because it's dangerous it's dangerous to say to god i'm going to go wherever you call me lead me out about upon the waters and I think in the last couple of years we've all in our different ways been sailing in deep waters on uncertain seas so this morning I just wanted to uh, talk about a couple of stories that take place not on an ocean but on a sea the Sea of Galilee so if you would turn to Luke chapter five please I'm reading from the New Living Translation Master Simon replied, we've worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing, but if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time their nets were so full of fish they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realised what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me, I'm such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. This is probably not the first time Jesus and Simon Peter had met. There are biblical scholars, you know far more than me, who try and date all the stories in in the New Testament. And they think that some of the stories where they've met are earlier than this. So, probably Peter has met Jesus. As just another travelling rabbi, there are lots in Israel at this time, thought, oh, he's interesting, and maybe followed him for a few days, and then gone back to his normal life, fishing. It's interesting that Jesus turns up with a crowd, and he speaks to the crowd, and we don't know what he says. It's obviously not the point of the story. Who knows what he actually said? But the point of the story is when he turns to Simon Peter at the end of the talk, and he says, go where it's deeper, let down your nets to catch some fish. Peter is a fisherman, his father was a fisherman, his grandfather was probably a fisherman, his great-grandfather was a fisherman, and fishermen on the Sea of Galilee know that you fish at night. I'm not a fisherman, I don't know why, but you fish at night, that's when you're going to catch the fish. So, it would have been quite normal for Peter to have said, but it's morning, I mean, I've missed it, I've got to go tomorrow night. But instead, he says this, and this is the the amplified version of verse five. Master, we have worked hard all night to the point of exhaustion and caught nothing in our nets. But at your word, I will do as you say and lower the nets again. Anyone who knows about Peter knows that he does everything immediately. He speaks immediately, he acts immediately, and his immediate response to Jesus is to do as he says. And this time, the catch is enormous. I was just thinking about the scene that the crowds, it doesn't say the crowds have gone away, so they're still on the shore, and they see this net come up and it's full of fish, and they're getting the fish into the boat, and there's so much fish, they're calling the other boat out. And there's, you know, fish are slippery. They're slipping over the sides. The fishermen are probably slipping in the, in the fish. It's absolute chaos. And you can imagine Simon suddenly going, and he looks at the abundance of the miracle in front of him. And he looks at the fish. It says that he was awestruck by the number of fish. Yes, but I'm not sure it was completely the fish that left him awestruck. He looks at the fish and he looks at Jesus and he has a revelation of who Jesus is. Mm -hmm. That Jesus is not just one of the travelling rabbi who've got something interesting to say about the scriptures. That Jesus is the Son of God. Mm -hmm. That Jesus, in Jesus he sees the power of God and with Jesus's power comes his holiness and that is why he falls to his knees and says Lord please leave me I'm such a sinful man it's not about the fish it's about the revelation of who Jesus is and Simon seeing that in that moment seeing his own sin compared to the power and the majesty and the holiness of Jesus and then Jesus replies to Simon Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. He reassures him. Moments of revelation can just be really hard to process. And Simon was probably shaking, but Jesus provides gentle reassurance not to fear. And then calls him. And it tells us that as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. This was a moment where Simon Peter could choose between his routine life of fishing and maybe spending a day following a rabbi or leave all of that routine behind and embark on an adventure with Jesus. And that's what he does, that's what James and John do. They leave everything behind and follow Jesus. I wonder if they really knew what they were getting into. Dietrich Bonhoeffer says that when Christ calls a person, he calls him to die. I wonder if they knew that. We have three years that follows this story. We have Peter in another boat being the first out and actually walking on water. We have Jesus saying to Peter later, who do you think I am? And Peter being the first one to say, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. We have Peter Peter would have seen the feeding of the 5,000. He was present at the transfiguration where Jesus stood on the mountaintop and Moses and Elijah appeared with him. But Peter was also the person who told Jesus not to go to Jerusalem because he was going to die and Jesus called him Satan. (laughs) Peter was also the person who at the transfiguration wanted to build some sheds so that they could keep the moment going. Peter was also the person who in the Garden of Gethsemane draws his sword and cuts the ear off a servant. Peter is wholehearted in everything he does and sometimes that's amazing and he walks on water and sometimes he cuts someone's ear off and gets told off. And that thinking, speaking without thinking culminates in the courts of the high priest where a servant girl asks Peter if he knows Jesus and he says no. And he denies knowing Jesus three times. Another line says, from the song Ocean Says, where feet may fail and fear surrounds me. Peter in that moment, his faith failed him. He was surrounded by fear and he denied even knowing Jesus. But as we have just learned last Sunday, that is not the end of the story. If you could turn to John 21, please. Jesus appears to the disciples several times after the resurrection. And in, I think it's Luke's narrative, one of the things he says to the women is, tell the disciples to go to Galilee and meet me there. And in John 21, we meet the disciples again on the Sea of Galilee. And Peter is there with a few of the disciples, and he's at a bit of a loose end. (laughs) He's got some unfinished business. Jesus has appeared to Peter, but there's some unfinished business between them from those denials. And Peter does what everybody does. And he doesn't know what to do. He goes back to what he knows. He says, I'm going fishing. And they say, we'll come too. So verse 3 tells us they went out in the boat, but they caught nothing all night. At dawn... They see someone on the shore, but they don't know who it is. And this person shouts, have you caught any fish? And they shout, no. And he says, well, put your net on the other side of the boat then. Now, this isn't a miracle. It's just a matter of light and angles, as far as I understand it. If the light from dawn is hitting the surface of the water, someone on the shore can see where the shoals of fish are. In fact, on the Sea of Galilee, even today, they sometimes have spotters on the shore that will say, no, over there, that's where the fish are. So Jesus wasn't performing a miracle at this point. He was just saying, put your nets on the other side of the boat. And they put, and once again, their nets are full of fish. And at that point, John says to Peter, it's the Lord. And at that, and Peter just leaps out of the boat. Now, he's been fishing in his pants. Unfortunately, he puts a robe on, or the first century equivalent of his pants. He puts his robe on, he jumps out of the boat, and he sort of starts wading through the water to shore, while the others pull the net into the shore. And I love this little detail that John includes. He says, the others stayed within the boat and pulled the loaded net to the shore, for they were only about 100 yards from the shore. And when I read that, I could just hear John going, oh, look at Peter. I love Peter. Look at him, he's jumped, and he's wet, and we we're only 100 yards from the shore. He could have stayed on the boat. And I love, this just feels like a really loving commentary on Peter from John there. Remember, John uh, John also made to include that he runs faster than Peter. In the excitement of the resurrection, John also pointed out he's a fast runner. And so they, that was a bit of a side show. And um, so they get there, Jesus has got fish cooking, and they add some of the fish and they have breakfast with Jesus. And after breakfast, this is verse 15, after breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. I will tell you the truth that when you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dress yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. Then Jesus told him, follow me. I love the fact that Peter's so excited by the resurrection, he's almost forgotten the three denials. It's like, why are you asking me three times, Jesus? Why? But each time that Peter says he loves him, Jesus recommissions him. Remember, Jesus had said that Peter was the rock on which he built his church. And now there is, he makes sure there's no confusion about where Peter stands with him. Peter is now the shepherd for the flock that Jesus will leave behind when he ascends. As Jesus is the good shepherd, Peter is the shepherd on earth, the leader of the church. And I think it's interesting, there's a little tiny detail about the catch that they have. John says in verse 11, there are 153 large fish and yet the net hadn't torn. Now, John is really interested in details. He's always including little details. So, this could mean that he literally was the person that sat on the shore and went one, two, and he knew there were 153. However, John is also the person who wrote his gospel after a lifetime of prayer. meditation. And his gospel is enriched, not just with the stories of living a life where he followed Jesus, but praying about what Jesus meant and what the the deeper meaning of all the things Jesus did. Um, And there's a theologian called Jerome in the fourth century who suggested that John mentions 153 large fish, because at that time, they believed there were only 153 species of fish in the world. And he mentions that the net didn't tear because what he's trying to say is, look deeper. The net is the church and the church is going to include the whole world and not break. And as we stand here on a Sunday, we are part of that universal church. I won't ask you which species of fish you are. (laughs) So Peter is standing there recommissioned by Jesus and then he does a what I would call a Peter. He notices that John's standing behind them and he says, Lord, what about him? And Jesus replies, what is that to you? As for you, follow me. In the Eastern Church, this Sunday, the first one after Easter is called Renewal Sunday. And this morning... I would like to finish by asking a question, everything that happened in Peter's life happened because he was obedient to the call on his life. Jesus gave him a choice, he could have stayed fishing, he could have followed him. Jesus called him to be the rock, Peter mucked up, Jesus restored him and recommissioned him as the shepherd of the church. And that was possible because at every stage, Peter had a revelation of who Jesus is. So this morning, I feel that God is asking us the same question. What do you need? Do you need a call? Do you need restoration? Do you need renewal? Do you need a recommissioning? If you say like Peter, if Jesus, sorry, if Jesus says to you, you follow me. Can we reply? At your word, I will do as you say.